0: Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this.
1: We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in The Orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast, so make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there.
0: In comments submitted to the California Air Resources Board, the Renewable Fuels Association is calling on a state to promote the sale of more flex-fuel vehicles capable of running on up to 85 percent low-carbon ethanol. While electrification of the LDV fleet is expanding rapidly, significant volumes of liquid fuels will continue to be used for decades to come, and carbon neutrality can only be achieved by displacing a substantial share of those with low and zero-carbon liquid fuels, according to RFA Chief Economist Scott Richmond in the comments, which were submitted in response to the agency's November 15th Advanced Clean Cars Workshop. Richmond pointed out that E85 is proving popular with drivers in a golden state, with sales topping 100 million gallons in 2022, up from roughly 60 million gallons in 2021. He also noted that the number of E85 retail stations in a golden state has increased rapidly. There are currently over 400 stations offering E85 in California, with approximately another 200 in the permitting or planning process. E85 has Consistently sold for a discount to California reformulated gasoline of between $1.50 and $2 a gallon, which provides a strong incentive for consumers with flex fuel vehicles to purchase the product, according to Richmond in his letter. This is evidenced by the rapid growth of E85 sales, even as the number of FFVs in California has remained relatively stable or even declined. Likewise, the emissions reduction seen with ethanol is important. On average, the carbon intensity of ethanol sold in a state is approximately 40% less than the California gasoline baseline with some ethanol sold in California approximately 70% lower. In the final analysis, Richmond wrote, "Carb should require all new vehicles with internal combustion engines sold in the state to be flex fuel capable, beginning as early as model year 2026." The recent growth in E85 sales is a prime success story of California's efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions while simultaneously reducing criteria pollutants, displacing petroleum, and offering consumers an affordable, practical, and equitable option in complementing the state's electrification goals. As part of potential amendments to the ACC regulation, a policy to require flex fuel capability in new vehicle sales in California is necessary to build on this success and can be a significant component in the state's efforts to achieve carbon neutrality by 2045 and beyond. The Kroger Company, Albertsons Companies Incorporated, and CNS Wholesale Grocers LLC have issued a joint statement. It says they remain in active and ongoing dialogue with the Federal Trade Commission and individual state attorneys general regarding their proposed merger and divesture plan. They believe the merger with Albertsons and the comprehensive divesture to CNS will result in the best outcomes for customers, associates, and their communities. In light of their continuing dialogue with the regulators, they are updating their anticipated closure timeline. They currently anticipate the that the closing will occur in the first half of Kroger's fiscal 2024. While this is longer than they originally thought, they knew it was a possibility and their merger agreement and divester plan accounted for such potential timing. They remain committed to closing a transaction and providing the meaningful and measurable benefits that they promised when they originally announced the transition. Kroger's combination with Albertsons will mean lower prices and more choices for more customers. According to the statement, with a proven record of lowering prices year over year, Kroger will invest $500 million to reduce prices beginning day one, as well as an incremental $1.3 billion to enhance the customer experience. The merger will mean more fresh, affordable food is available to more people and more communities. Kroger is committed to protecting good-paying union jobs with no store closures or frontline associates laid off as a result of the Merger. In addition, Kroger will invest in an incremental $1 billion to raise wages and comprehensive benefits for all associates post-close. This builds on the $1.9 billion in incremental investments the company has made in wages and comprehensive benefits since 2018. Additionally, post-close Kroger will provide 700000 plus part-time and full-time associates access to its continuing education benefit, which offers up to $21,000 of reimbursement towards higher learning or continued development. The combined company will also expand access to its Goldman Sachs Eco financial coaching tool. As the identified divestor buyer, CNS Wholesale Grocers is also committed to recognize the union workforce and maintain all collective bargaining agreements and is committed to retaining frontline employees and further investing for growth. It is the best outcome to secure the future of union jobs in the American grocery industry. The merger will also result in more opportunities to invest in communities across the U.S. as Kroger continues its mission to create neighborhoods free from hunger, food, and waste, according to the statement. Last year, Kroger announced a commitment to donate 10 billion meals upon completion of the merger to families across the country by the year 2030. That's enough to feed every person in the cities of Seattle, Denver, Chicago, and Boston. Grub Market has announced it has completed the acquisition of Oregon and California-based J.C. Shine, a highly regarded fresh produce business that is widely known as the wholesale house of the finest onions and potatoes in the Bay Area. J.C. Shine currently sells over 70 different items, including almost every color, size, and grade of potatoes and onions, to a diverse group of over 80 retail, food service, and wholesale establishments and -and mom-and-pop shops across California. They also take pride in having great relationships with their suppliers in Oregon's klamath Basin. In Northwestern Washington, Idaho, and Mexico. J.C. Shine was founded over 60 years ago by fresh produce veteran, Jimmy Shine. Under his leadership, he built a culture of employee empowerment at the company, cultivating operational excellence across all levels of the staff, according to the company. Over the past several decades, it has been managed by Scott Fenters, whose 40-year-plus produce career spans farming, running packing sheds, doing produce sales, and launching a potato packing house in Oregon. Today, J.C. Shine operates several stalls and a refrigerated warehouse at the Golden Gate Produce Terminal, one of Northern California's largest and busiest produce terminals. The team's attention to detail and quality enables them to rotate products quickly and optimize for freshness. Product turnover averages less than three days, and after the acquisition, the business will continue to be managed by its current accomplished leadership team, once again according to a statement from the company. CalFleet Advisor offers a no-cost assistance program to California commercial trucking fleets and independent owner-operators to help navigate the process of obtaining medium and heavy-duty zero-emission vehicles, chargers, and funding. Through this service, an advisor can help you understand your zero-emission vehicle and charging options, connect you with dealers and funding opportunities, and help you better understand your cost and saving amounts. The CalFleet Advisor can help with guided transitions, meaning receiving tailored solutions based off of a fleet's site and needs ensuring a seamless transition to zero emissions operations they can help with informed workshops that are strategically crafted and designed to equip attendees with the knowledge insights and strategies tailored for fleet operators or truck drivers and they can assist with resources and referrals offering access to information such as potential fuel savings total cost of ownership utility resources and referrals to approved dealers charging programs and leasing and financing opportunities. For more information on the program, contact the Western Growers Association. Dairy processors along the Pacific Coast are encouraged to apply for grants from the Pacific Coast Coalition Dairy Business Innovation Initiative now through February 29th. $4.1 $4.1 million in grants are currently available to dairy processors in California, Arizona, Nevada, Mexico, Washington, and Oregon. This fourth round of funding will include pandemic recovery, such as price declines and additional marketing costs due to COVID-19. Dairy producers and dairy processing businesses in the mentioned states are invited to submit proposals that meet one or more of the PCC DB2 program goals, which is developing new dairy value-added products, culturally diverse and ethnic value-added dairy products to meet evolving consumer Trends in a region adapting current dairy products to meet evolving consumer wants to meet both domestic and export demand trends developing new product lines and expanding the dairy product portfolio to meet domestic and/or export demand for fresh milk and milk products expanding milk usage beyond food and drink, For example, packaging, films, edible products for companion animals, cosmetics, and other high-value segments. Adding value to milk by increasing its intrinsic value through differentiation product system feed additives for nutritional enhancement and fractionation of components. Adopting alternative processing technologies for value-added dairy products. Creating future opportunities for value-added ingredients and nutritional powders, milk fat products, and specialty blends while decreasing the dependence on commodity markets developing sustainability leadership through innovation and packaging, processing efficiencies, reduced losses and waste, and novel uses of co-products, and extending awareness and consumption of higher-value dairy processing products through communications, strategic planning, marketing plans, and expanding hands-on agritourism. Once again, applications are open now through February 29th. For information, log on to dairypcc.net.
2: AgroPlante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. AgroPlante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cat Ion EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cat Ion EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante, imagination, innovation, science in action.
3: Prevention of naval orange worm populations can't be stressed enough for tree nut growers this time of year. Although pressures are lowest in walnuts compared to almonds and pistachios, being ready and taking care of sanitation now could be a game changer for some. Understandably, walnut growers are trying to cut costs, so, where can any cutting happen? That could still allow for addressing naval orange worm this season. PCA John Post and walnut grower Ryan Fillmore agreed that sanitation is not an area that can be cut.
4: Now I'm gonna cut, maybe cut back on collie moth. It surely hasn't been difficult the last few years for collie moth, but we have been putting on one ultracore spray and it's getting us out through the the whole year. So I'm gonna cut that ultracore spray. I've increased naval orange worm. I'm gonna cut back on my Botrysferia applications. I'm seeing a lot of ovipositing of navel orangeworm eggs on botryspheria damaged nuts late into the winter, not, not even when the natural drop is occurring. We're gonna cut our botryspheria sprays, we've just increased navel orangeworm. So it's very, very difficult. We have to find somewhere to cut. We just have to if we're gonna survive. Um, I do think though we can sanitize better and I think that's where you have to start. That's the one that's not gonna cost a lot more money and if we do a great job of sanitation, not a good job, I mean, walnut growers really don't sanitize well. Ammon guys go out and shake them again. Pistachios go out and shake them again. We don't. We, we blow the leaves and we mow them up, you know, when it's, when it's uh, a nice time for us before the hunting trip or something, which we can get into later if we want to talk about some of these other ways to sanitize. But, uh, but that's the problem. If we can sanitize better, then maybe we can do some of these other cutting, cut-costing methods and not affect naval orangeworm as much because the population is, isn't is as large going into hull split because of the good sanitation.
5: Yeah, I agree. I mean, we heard sanitation hit. I think that's, that's your number one place to start out there. Cost cutting is hard, but where you could save yourself some cost is really uh, take a look at your harvest timing, get your harvest done on time as early as possible to maximize that quality. And then if you are gonna go back and second pick, you might wanna take a look and sample that orchard. You may do a test shake, see what's out there, see what type of damage you have. And you're gonna have to look hard because that damage might, might be pretty small and pretty recent. But if you wanna cut costs, save yourself that second pick, leave it in the field, mow it up. If you're gonna see damage, that's probably approaching five to the 10% range because at this point, bringing that crop to market is not gonna help the market. It's really not gonna help you uh, other than it does get it out of the field, but um, you, know, you may save yourself all that cost of hu- harvest and hauling, and drying. That might be one option.
3: UCCE's Houston Wilson agreed with the panelists and offered his insight from years of experience researching naval orangeworm in the field.
5: You know,
1: you
3: cut blight sprays, you cut coddling moth sprays, like
1: those are going to have effects on naval orangeworm. Naval Naval Orangeworm's ability to infest your nut is contingent on its ability to get through the hole. And we talk about hole split and hole slip and all this stuff for spray timing because that's when the nut becomes vulnerable. Naval orangeworm cannot a neonate larvae on its own, on a healthy, intact walnut, can't get through most of the time. And so there's this relationship, I think we were doing an interview maybe a year ago talking about naval orangeworm management starts with coddling moth management. Um, sanitation, yeah, I mean, if we're gonna talk about where definitely not to cut, I mean, that is the foundation of naval orangeworm control. They, they overwinter in those nuts and it's important to keep in mind that not only do they overwinter, but that first flight that comes out, they use those mummies as a reproductive substrate. There's no new crop nuts in March and April for them to attack. And so it's kind of this double whammy. And I am always kind of envious of the walnut folks because you got these giant nuts that you can catch and grind up. I'm always talking at these pistachio conferences where they're just, Banging their head trying to get these tiny little nuts out of the ground, get them ground up, and you can't mow them that effectively. So you you have a really good opportunity, given the kind of physical aspects of this crop, to to do sanitation. And there are some new technologies. Um, you know, some of the survey work we've done over the past few few years with growers have uh, highlighted the importance. Not not so much of the cost. That's definitely an issue. And other tree nuts, you got to get polling crews and things like that in there. I mean, it's 2023 and we still have folks with bamboo poles knocking nuts out of a tree. It seems like we should be able to do something better. And one of the highlights there from that survey work was that it was really more inclement weather conditions, which, you know, you guys right here in this this period, getting heavy equipment and stuff out in the orchards is difficult, so um, much less field crews. And so there, there have been, and maybe I've seen some of this, there's some new kind of automated uh and, and again, the cost of this, I think, really needs a lot of work. But, you know, where they're sending in, um, there's kind of like this mummy battleship thing that goes out and it's shooting with biodegradable pellets, shooting the nuts off the tree, kind of getting to your point. I mean, it's a lot more fun to do it in person, but this thing can work day and night. It's on treads, so it can go in, in worse orchard conditions. And, you know, we're trying to do some work there. We're also looking at things like grazing and a few other uh kind of ag tech stuff that that, again it's nascent but i think it's getting in the right direction in terms of how we can better overcome some of the current barriers we've got to sanitation i i think we we just say it over and over and over at a lot of our meetings and a lot of growers that i work with are like we get it there's just xyz thing that's keeping me from doing it and that's what we're trying to identify as researchers you know in terms of okay well how do we overcome difficulty accessing the orchard in the winter due to due to wet soil or, or whatever the other issue
2: is
3: you're listening to my ag life i'm taylor charlstrom
2: sponsored by the california walnut and commission supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research advocacy for government programs and driving consumer demand doing more together
0: the latest round of grant awards within USA's Higher Blends Infrastructure Incentive Program have been announced, covering projects in 22 states. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain.
6: Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack in Iowa Thursday at that state's Renewable Fuels Summit, receiving recognition for his advocacy of biofuels and announcing USDA's latest investments through its Higher Blends Infrastructure Incentive Program. Almost $19 million in grants for projects in 22 states. Among those attending the event, Iowa Rural Development State Director Teresa Greenfield.
0: The goal here is to ensure Americans, and in my case Iowans, can choose biofuels at the pump and help choose a clean and affordable source of energy.
6: Fueling stations and distribution facilities are recipients of HBIP grants to install and upgrade biofuel infrastructure at vehicle fueling stations, marine oil terminals, and home heating oil businesses, among others.
0: We've got a bright future when it comes to all of our clean fuels, and in particular, sustainable aviation fuel
3: is something that the ethanol and biodiesel industry are interested in and are working hard to grow.
6: I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.
0: Attacks on cargo ships in the Red Sea have the potential to disrupt global trade. Farm News reporter Michael Clements shares more on how ocean shippers are adapting.
6: Last Friday, the second largest shipping company in the world announced a stoppage of shipments through the Red Sea as a result of militant attacks on ships. Danny Munch, American Farm Bureau Federation economist, says the attacks are impacting a major trade route.
2: The attacks from the Houthi militants have pushed many exporters to look for safer routes, is the most cost effective way to carry goods from Eastern Asia to Europe and parts of the Middle East, as well as all those goods traveling in the opposite direction. Estimates put it as much as 15% of world trade occurs through the Red Sea, including about 8% of grain trade.
6: Diverting around the area at minimum means an
2: extra 10 days needed to complete the routes. This means 10 days of additional wages for the crew, 10 days worth of more fuel, and 10 days of general delay to a buyer, which is more sensitive to perishable food products, it also means ships are not returning as quickly as they have been. And that reduces the overall capacity of the broader global shipping systems.
6: Munch says the issue is not impacting farmers now, but agriculture may see impacts if attacks continue.
2: Long-term disruptions, though, can have impacts on U.S. farmers. We're already seeing that surcharges have been added onto a lot of ag exporters already without a 30-day notice, which is actually mandated by the Federal Maritime Commission. So it won't be long until farmers who have exported goods to those regions may feel a pinch. They'll be watching this closely.
6: Michael Clements, Washington.
0: John Deere has announced it has entered into an agreement with SpaceX to provide cutting-edge satellite communication service to farmers. Utilizing the Starlink network will allow farmers facing rural connectivity issues to fully leverage precision agriculture technologies. The partnership will enable John Deere customers to be more productive, profitable, and sustainable in their operations as they continue to provide food, fuel, and fiber to their communities and a growing global population. The value of connectivity to farmers is broader than any single task or action, according to to Aaron Wetzel, Vice President of Production and Precision Ag Systems at John Deere. Connectivity unlocks vast opportunities that were previously limited or unavailable, according to Wetzel. The new solution will connect both new and existing machines through satellite internet service and satellite terminals. This will fully enable technologies such as autonomy, real-time data sharing, remote diagnostics, enhanced self-repair solutions, and machine-to-machine communication to help farmers work more efficiently. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect.